0: So today, indeed, we have the hard job of giving, or the easy job of giving thanks and the hard job of saying goodbye to someone who lives such abundant life um, and to commend him into God's arms. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. There are a lot of common images for God in the Bible. God is described as a king, a ruler, a warrior, a shepherd, a seamstress, a father, a mother, a comforter, and a provider. But before any of those images, God was a creator and then a farmer. In Genesis 2, we are told that after God created the heavens and the earth, that the first real problem that God encountered was there was no crops in the field and there was no rain. I'm not a farmer and I even know that's a bad deal. And to make matters worse, there wasn't anyone to till the field either. So God's first task, according to Genesis 2, was to create a farmer out of the dirt of the earth to go and till that lush, fertile soil on a place called Eden, which no one has ever really been able to locate. Perhaps it didn't exist, or perhaps they were looking in the wrong area. Here they were in the Middle East, but really it was located in the northeastern corner of Iowa, dare I say. Some might question my interpretation of Scripture there, but I think Jean might think it's okay. After all, Jean loved the farm, and the farmland, as far as I know, was as close to heaven on earth as you could get from what I hear. Throughout all of Scripture, Jesus, or God does not lose God's farmer's heart. We hear about God's appreciation for the land, and farming images are used over and over again. Crops are described, the work in the fields, and even when God describes what heaven might be like, we are told that weapons will be turned into plowshares, farming equipment. That indeed is how God sees peace on earth happening on the farm. Gene was a lot of things in his life. A son a brother, a husband, for almost 60 years. Ruth, that is so impressive. A father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, an athlete, a coach, a beloved math teacher, but first, he was a farmer. From what I've been told, Gene was drawn to the land in such a way that it would call to him, and on a cold day with nothing else to do, he would say, let's drive to Iowa. Let's go look at the land, and as I know, he wanted to go in January, and it was, the weather was too bad, hence the winter we've had, right? But Gene wanted to go look at the land, stand on it, and give appreciation for God's creation. And although he never returned to his dream home in Iowa of that farm, he never quit talking about it. In fact, he even told me about it when I went to visit him one time. Well, there's this farmhouse in Iowa I'd love to be on. As I've listened to Gene's family tell stories about him for the last few weeks and hear all of these fabulous stories about him as a teacher and as a father and as a coach, the thing that stands out to me as well is his farmer's heart. He encountered the world in such a way that I think a farmer does, putting family first, hard work, being pivotal to what you do, an early riser to the end, right, Ruth? Even when he could sleep in, he still didn't. A humble man who was also faithful. Gene really valued you all, his family, Last summer, I went to pick up bikes from Gene and Ruth, one bike, and I thought we might be there. My husband went with me for about 10 minutes. I think we stayed over an hour. and It was the most delightful visit. Halfway through it, though, I realized that Gene was insistent that we make our way through every single one of your pictures to tell me what you were doing, where you went to school, what sport you participated in, and how we showed up. He was so proud of you. And it was so fun to hear it. I still can't believe the story about the Arctic Circle, but now it's been confirmed multiple times. So he wanted to cheer you on, and he showed up. And he loved you all so much. Gene was a hard worker, as you've already told. From working as a young boy on the farm in um, the family farm to being the best shirt sales guy at JCPenney's over Christmas, I was told Gene could talk to anybody to finally embracing his true career as a math teacher. Gene worked with enthusiasm, care, and love for his students. Not just working hard, but becoming intimately involved in their lives. Not just teaching the quadratic formula to junior high students. I have an eighth grade daughter. I'm in the midst of this right now. I give thanks for math teachers like Gene. but also playing floor hockey during lunch, writing schedules, going to sporting events and variety shows, and laughing alongside his students. Gene really showed up in the lives of everyone that he encountered because he cared so much. As I've already referenced, he was an early riser to the end, And he was a humble man, at least in my opinion. My last memory of Gene before his stroke was right over there, actually, at the communion rail with you, Ruth, on Sunday morning. He actually kneeled that Sunday, and I watched him kneel down and thought to myself, should he be kneeling still? (laughs) And after, I told Ruth this, and she said, I had that same thought this Sunday. Little did we know that would be the last time he would receive Holy Communion here at Shepherd of the Hills, a congregation that he was a member of since this sanctuary was built in 1962 and a beloved part of this family of faith. And Jean was faithful. Ruth, it's really weird to see you sitting here because you really should be over there. Um, (laughs) But whenever you were in town, which they did fly south for the winter up until this year... um, There you both were, in church every Sunday. I would know when the snowbird season was over because back in church you would be worshiping alongside your family of faith and living your faith here. In the scripture we heard this morning, Isaiah said this, I have called you by name, you are mine. We are reminded in the scripture that God created and formed us and claims us as God's own. Gene lived his life grounded in his identity as a child of God. I never directly talked to Gene about his faith, but like so many people of faith, we live it in quiet ways, and it kind of oozes out of us in all that we do. That's what I've experienced through Gene. The scripture goes on to talk about how God is with us throughout all of life. When we walk through fire, when we walk through water, through joys and tribulations, God is there. And the God we believe in, the God we worship, isn't a God who hangs back and lets things happen. It isn't a God who would sit in the classroom while the other activities in the school are going on, but instead a God who gets intimately involved. A God who plays in the dirt, who farms the land. A God who dared to become flesh and live among us and cares about the very little details of our life. One of the stories I've heard about Gene is that when you guys would go on road trips, he, no one mentioned the road trips. Um, you got to hear the road trip stories later on, but I didn't even reference because I thought for sure they'd be in there. Um, but Gene loved road trips so much that even when he wasn't on them, he would track people on the map to see where they were going. And as I thought about this image, I had this like kind of image of God, like maybe that's what God does for us. Oh, they're going over 169 right now, or here they are going through Kansas. Because that's the type of God we have who cares about us, who pays attention to the details of our life, and who wants to know where we are and what we're up to. I believe that God calls us to look outward, to pay attention to what's happening in our community, in our world, and I think that's something Jean did, and did well. Gene created a girls' basketball team as Jay reference because there wasn't one allowing Carrie and Wendy to play, although I don't think they wanted to. like, <laughs> But he was making sure to provide opportunities for someone who did. Um, he allowed his front yard to be the one with the permanent bases for wiffle ball, and he was right in the game with everyone else, a cheerleader and a supporter to the very end. As I have listened to these stories about Gene, I can't help but think how proud God would have been for the way Gene lived his life. He lived it with an appreciation for life, for his family, for others, and he gave all of himself. Being claimed as a child of God gives us the freedom to live our life abundantly, knowing that we belong, knowing that we have purpose. And Gene did that. But our identity as God's beloved does not end in life. It goes on from there. God is with us in life and in death. As a family gathered around Gene on his final day here on earth, we read those words from Isaiah 43 together, reminding us that God is with us and claims us and loves us. And we were also reminded that God will not ever fall away from us. That nothing, neither life nor death, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And it is these promises that hold us today. For indeed, God has prepared a place for us. God has prepared a place for Jean. Perhaps even a farmhouse in Iowa. Where indeed there are many rooms. A place for each and every one of us. And God himself has gone before us to prepare it so that indeed we will be welcomed one day home to a God who calls us by name, says you are mine. And today we give thanks because God is welcoming Jean home, a fellow farmer, and knowing that one day we too will be welcomed there. Amen.